welcome everyone to another episode of Acido Podcast. I'm your host Emre Schenterk and again I'm with you for another very important discussion on a very important topic and in fact this topic is something that concerns all of us to an equal amount so there's no um, it doesn't really relate to me I'm not interested in this topic it relates to you it is important and you should listen the reason for that is that today I'm going to discuss climate change and this obviously from from the nature of uh, of the topic is affecting all of us climate change but also like environmental topics in general um, not only how the climate is changing but also things like deforestation uh, waste management energy consumption all these things that have a huge impact on our environment and also the animal world which uh, i also include to that are equally affected by our actions and uh, hence this topic um, concerns all of us so we need to talk about it i figured it's a great day to uh, to do it because yesterday was uh, earth day on on thursday you know it was the international earth day so this is a day where it is aimed to ra raise awareness um, about the effects of human behavior on the environment As I said, there are there are a multitude of areas that are affected by our, our actions and accordingly it is actually a nice thing to have such a day to raise awareness. But, you know, it's questionable whether uh, this is going to have any effect on the awareness level of people uh, in terms of environmental protection and having a sense for what is going on um, with Mother Nature. In typical Esido podcast fashion, uh, I'm going to take you uh, on a tour, or I'm 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 trying to uh, give you an, some insights um, behind the curtains of politics uh, in that regard, because there is something happening, or a lot of things happening in the background, and I'm not going to give you the classical accounts that you will read or hear on uh, mainstream media. This is what Esido podcast stands for. And this is what I stand for. Um, I'm not going to give you something that you would usually read somewhere and say, oh my God, this is so true. Oh my God, no, this is so not true. But I, I'm going to give you something that uh, you'll also um, will need to think about. Uh, and this is how I tried to foster the discussion, you know. So I also want your input or your feedback uh, as a result of it because this is in my opinion how things progress and not just uh, trying to talk um, or say stuff that people might like or dislike just to uh, stimulate uh, certain emotions and um, yeah kind of gain fame of that you know i'm not i'm not doing that i'm i'm trying to be technical about it so the first thing i want to talk about is how politics is pre presenting us the problems of um, environmental protection or the uh, dangers that our behavior uh, puts to, to the environment. So the biggest problem here is that we almost exclusively talk about climate change. So this is actually um, not because it's wrong or anything like that, but it's not the only factor that is affecting um, our, uh, our planet. And the ch climate change is not only coming about um, uh, because companies and cars or transportation in general ha have a carbon footprint, meaning that they are um, emitting a lot of um, carbon dioxide, but there are also a lot of mechanisms of nature or that, that nature uses in order to balance out the carbon dioxide uh, emission in general you know it's not like um, this gas hasn't been there before us and we are actually also taking nature's ability away to kind of cope with certain levels and um, this is also a, a, a big problem you know and we're talking about uh, deforestation here this is a very big topic actually um, and because we are de because of this de deforestation We not only have um, lesser 
capacities to kind of cope or nature has lesser capacities to cope with the carbon dioxide but um, it also takes animals um, habitats uh, away so they get extinct and this is the next this is the next biggest thing you know that that i want to talk about you know because of our behavior a lot of animals um, are going extinct and this is extremely saddening and also harming the uh, ecosystem obviously like in the top towers um, of the financial elites you know on the, on the top levels they don't really care about if we have like one or two bugs or uh, kinds of bugs more or uh, or less you know that they, they will not care about it i mean in fact i'm pretty sure that a lot of us um, might not be aware how much we are harming uh, animals with our behavior and that we frankly often do not care you know if uh, one or two species go extinct and obviously oh then there are going to be some instagram posts oh that was the last uh, rhino that was the last polar bear oh it's so sad oh my god why are we doing this and that's that you know there's actually no um, action attached to that next to that uh, we also have a great problem with the pollution of the seas um, this is also uh, affecting marine uh, life and the ecosystem there which is extremely dangerous because actually a, a great percentage of the uh, kind of transformation of carbon dioxide into oxygen happens in the seas because of um, microorganisms that use the carbon dioxide in order to transform it into uh, into oxygen once we start negatively affecting the uh, maritime life uh, in the seas you know what happens then is that the microorganisms which are an essential part you know of the of the food network there uh, and, and the whole ecosystem is collapsing they also start to disappear you know and because of that we have rising levels of carbon dioxide of course because the seas are not able to to cope uh, with the amount because the capacities are are uh, lessening by the day also related to that we have um, and i mean this is related to the uh, to the problem that we are polluting the seas and actually um, making the seas unlivable for animals we have also a big problem of overfishing um, so i mean you probably all know the stories about um, all the the fishing um, fleets going out throwing out their nets and all sorts of uh, dolphins and uh, whales and sharks you know they get caught um, not to talk about the millions of tons of fish that we consume every day and uh, this is not only extremely saddening but it also harms the ecosystem because at uh, some point we develop um, monocultures and actually the whole system which is like where every part is not 100% dependent but I mean they're interconnected with, e with each other and once we start taking um, a bunch of parts out of that out of that ecosystem it starts collapsing i mean this is something that we are experiencing right now and because that is so we are facing a lot of problems but politics in the end is just pointing to um, climate change uh, because we are emitting so much carbon dioxide there are also two other topics that um, that I uh, need to mention here the first one is uh, water usage which is uh, I mean a self-explanatory they are just um, there is just a certain amount each year of renewable water sources that we can use and they will come back I mean for example through rain or from the springs um, but we are also depleting these sources or we're using a, a great amount of these resources so what I uh, last heard, and this is, I think, um, a year or two ago, is that we are using over 56% of the yearly renewable water sources. Meaning that we are all already like all, over the half of what we can use each year. And our uh, the population, the world population is rising rapidly. Uh, we are using more and more by the day. 
and uh, obviously we are wasting a lot of money. Um, if we think about Western nations where they flush drinkable water down the toilet, um, it's extremely wasteful how, how we how we treat it. Um, not to talk about the ethical standards that we are currently not having because in other parts of the world people are just um, yeah they they just they just don't have access to clean water you know and on the on the other side we have like in in the western world in the in the rich parts of the world swimming pools and as I said uh, showering with with drink uh, drinkable water and these kind of things and finally and this is um, one of the biggest things that uh, affect climate change or the actually the destruction of the environment is the meat industry and a lot of people laugh at me saying okay well how does meat relate to um, climate change and i have to admit the connection is not really direct in the sense that uh, the animals bring about climate change but it's rather how we consume meat so the meat industry is not only that yeah animals are kind of raised and then you know killed and sold you know that's not the whole story you have to need to uh, grow crops and also transport the animals right you have to kind of clean incredibly huge areas in order to build factories where they can in slaughterhouses where the animals can um, are, are raised and then uh, in the slaughterhouses where they are killed, right? And they are doing this on such a large scale because people are consuming so much meat that this actually amounts to more than 20% of, of climate change, um, the whole industry in itself. Not to mention that um, the virtual water that we need to produce one uh, kilogram of, of red meat, for example, is exceeding 1,300 liters. Uh, just for clarification, virtual water means how much water is needed to produce a certain good, right? Uh, meaning that all the components within that process are kind of um, uh, analyzed and at the end there is a certain sum that comes out and we can say okay well in the process of producing one kilogram of red meat we consumed 1300 liters of water and this is an actual number you know obviously it varies you know it could be 1100 it could be 1500 but you get you get the point right and if we think about just one kilogram of red meat and let's just think about how much meat people eat each day you know it's an incredible number and then we understand how the meat industry is also destroying our environment actually so there i've mentioned a bunch of points just to uh, to summarize them um, climate change is not only industry polluting the air but it's also coming from deforestation pollution of the seas animal extinction uh, excessive water usage and excessive fishing as well as well as a very burdening meat industry so these factors all come together and um, the main topic of today is why why are we only getting these uh, the, the pollution or the air pollution aspect of climate change well I mean this is something that people can actually work with you know I'm, all these factors that I, I've just mentioned are things that more or less indirectly affect how climate and how the environment is changing. If I'm telling you the ecosystem in the seas is very important for our whole ecosystem, this is not a statement that people can easily grasp and comprehend and process, right? Because then you need to go into detail how the process works, you know, if you take away certain kinds uh, of fish or um, microorganisms um, in the seas or if we even say okay the uh, the overfishing um, aspect is is uh, burdening the environment because uh, then we just have monocultures and because of the monocultures 
other species go extinct which actually use carbon dioxide in order to produce oxygen this is too complex for people to understand i'm not saying that people are dumb but people just don't want to be sitting around and and thinking about these very complex processes that happen in nature in fact i'm myself i'm not 100 percent sure about every single detail that is going on for example in the seas and i cannot um actually restate the exact processes behind it but i know it is uh, very interconnected and it's a very important part of how uh, a functioning ecosystem um, that it builds on actually on the, on the seas on the other side i mean deforestation is another point that is uh, that can be more easily be understood um, because we all know that trees produce ox oxygen and then people say, oh, just, uh, you know, save the, the forests. But because the rainforests that really have like a considerable capacity of turning carbon dioxide into oxygen are located in kind of, uh, are located in the, in the global south where the political power of those countries is not really great and um, they these processes of deforestation can easily be ignored you know you just don't talk about it in media and um, since the powerful media sits in the powerful countries of the world they can just easily ignore it you know there's not going to be such a thing that they're going to tell you every day about deforestation and people just ignore it not because they think it's right or something like that but it's just more convenient and convenience is a big driver for people Especially when you when you think about everyday life, uh, nobody is going to sit, or very few people are going to sit at home and trying to work out uh, how we can improve life uh, in general, like in, in society or politics. It does not matter, and because we can easily ignore deforestation and stuff, this also falls under the table. Um, same goes for animal extinction. I told you about the uh, Wall Street guys who don't care if. The polar bears exist or not um, and meat industry is also like a very sensitive topic because a lot of people um, according to their uh, opinion cannot live without eating meat well all right and these people you know you, you cannot tell them um, anything about the meat industry because they say okay that might be but i'm still going to eat my steak that's that but if we talk about companies polluting the air two things happen first of all we all breathe air we all need it this is something that we can work with okay if air is dirty we don't like it it's as simple as that people just like people's thinking is truly that simplistic second of all because companies do that we can blame others for doing it right and this is also something that media works with they understood that people need a scapegoat and this is what they're doing with the industry not the industry doesn't care it's not like they're saying oh why are you blaming us we're just producing the goods for the people to consume obviously it is because of that but in order to keep the people quiet we just like media pushes the um the the responsibility to the companies saying it's your fault right it's your fault that we have climate change and people say right the big corporations they are doing it all wrong but nobody comes up and says all right what am i doing as an individual to reduce my consumption to reduce my waste to eat less meat and less fish what am i doing am i doing this no we still want to consume and we want to consume more we want to live more luxurious we want to be more con uh, yeah we want to have a more convenient life and as i said convenience is a big big driving uh, driver of our behavior and uh, yeah people are not really taking care of their responsibility they just want to push it to um to the industry I mean, even, and this is just like in parentheses, uh, I mean, I, I see a lot of people laughing at vegans and uh, vegetarians because, I don't know, they associate, associate some kind of weakness uh, with this lifestyle. 
or kind of they believe that those people trying to set themselves socially apart and thinking that they are something better than uh, meat eaters but i think we should actually thank them because these people trying to be uh, set an example you know of how it can be done and uh, that this is the right thing to do you know this is the right way to go and that it is possible there's no such thing that vegans or vegetarians think that they are better human beings than others they're just trying to be less burdening to society and to the uh, environment and big props to all people who really keep up those efforts and uh, sticking to it and this is just like a side note you know that i wanted to mention so but this actually proves my point that People are so convenient that they even try to blame people who are doing the right things for doing the right things. Because they would not feel convenient next to them saying, okay, well, I eat meat and I'm burdening the environment with it, but I don't care. And then they start putting um, negative labels on vegans and vegetarians, for example. But anyways, let's come back to politics. So... We have to think about climate change in this way. All of the people want to consume, but they also don't but they don't want the environment to be destroyed. Like in general terms, they don't want that our ecosystem collapses and we, that we all die, like in very simplistic terms. These are the two things that we want as a society. We want to consume, but we don't want the planet to collapse or the ecosystem to collapse the same goes also for politicians right nobody wants to do that but there is no such thing that you get something without paying a price there's no such thing um, for example getting strong without training or getting fast without running there's no such thing for everything we want to have you know we have to work and have to do something for it and the only thing that can rescue us from this point on is to consume less like in general if we want to protect our ecosystem we have to consume less but there are a bunch of actors involved first of all in democratic systems there is the population the population is the sovereign or should be the sovereign within a democratic system and the public opinion obviously in such a system is is crucial to determine the political direction within that country but also the societal development within that country so in order to influence public opinion politicians use the media so media is an important actor within that whole construct the politicians need to figure out a way to kind of bring about climate change but also sell it in a way that is convenient to people and that would make the politician still popular imagine a, a politician going out and say okay we are going to put a 200% tax on meat and a 300% tax on fish uh, you are just allowed to use that much energy and that much water you have to fulfill these and these and these things this politician they, they would uh, topple the the government within days there's no question about it even though this person would do the absolutely right thing it is it is the best thing that a politician could do if you ask me in an ideal world if you would be president of a certain country or prime minister of a certain country what would you do i would say exactly this what i what i just told you Cut all the consumption in half at least through certain mechanisms. But you cannot do this. You can not realistically do this and expect people to still accept you. And this is a big problem because people are not rational. Like the masses, the population is not rational. If they would be rational, they would be actually behaving in a, in a way... Um, that would not burden the, the environment that much by themselves they would consume less but since that is not the case the politicians need to force the population to consume less 
but they need to do it in a way that would make them accept this reduction uh, in their consumption. Nobody wants to reduce the uh, or lower the living standards by themselves, especially not especially not rich people. You know, say I work for it; it's my money. I can do whatever I want. You know, if my car has 600 horsepower, so be it. For example, I mean, this is just a small example. You know, it's it's not um, just because of the cars. I mean, if you think about the masses and the meat consumption, for example, try to tell people that they should uh, eat less meat or pay a 200% tax on meat. Then the arguments pop up. Oh, no, it's against human rights. I can do whatever I want and meat is important or whatnot. And politicians our politics is a is an important factor within that whole construct right so we have the population media and politics and then we also have the industry and industry the, the industries they want to sell their products they want to sell their goods to the people and they want they want to make money right because they want to live in a convenient way not only the managers but the whole of any company Every single worker uh, within a company wants to get paid and uh, wants to use that in order to finance her or his lifestyle. And there's, in principle, nothing wrong with it. So we have a bunch of actors. Nobody wants to give up anything, but all of us know that we need to give up something. And this is the big dilemma. Politics tries yeah tries to blame the industry for the pollution and stuff industry the industry accepts it you know they are not and i mean you can you can browse through media here uh, no company would go out and say no we are against um climate change you know we want to still pollute the air and stuff no they are not against it you know they take kind of the responsibility but they also want to sell they want to continue to sell and they want to continue um, to make profits. So they are blaming the, the industry and the people are blaming the industry. The media kind of transmits that uh, message to the people that the industry, it's, it's all the industry's fault that we have climate change. All right. The industry accepts it, but nothing has actually happened because people still consume like crazy on the other side. And then no matter how much green initiatives uh, the industry is bringing about, it, it does not help to, to solve uh, the cause of the problem because people are still consuming and the consumption is increasing. But I'm not telling you that um, here the, the people are the only ones who are doing wrong, you know. On the other side, we have also the industry is pushing for a certain agenda, for a certain slowdown of um, of the regulations that come into place for climate change. I'll give you a an example that many people um, actually don't know much about. And the example is the sector of the electric cars and the electric vehicles. As you know, Tesla and Xpeng and NIO um, but also the, the bigger uh, car brands like Volkswagen and BMW, they are now slowly, or like, I mean, Tesla and, and the other uh, EV uh, companies, they are solely focusing on, on developing those cars and selling them. But the big companies, like, as I said, uh, Volkswagen, BMW, or Tata Motors, for example, um, which is the head company of uh, Jaguar and uh, Land Rover, they are adapting to the wider trend that we are going to have electric vehicles in the future. Interestingly, this trend started somewhat in 2005. The reason for that is the following. Back in the day, there was uh, the German Chancellor Gerhard Schröder, who was very much in favor of hydrogen cars. So the, hydrogen, the principle of hydrogen motors was very attractive at that time. 
and because BMW thought that this is going to be the trend of the future, they started developing highly functional hydrogen motors for cars. And this is actually, in comparison to the electric vehicle, a much better option because in the end, we need to produce the electricity from somewhere, right? So actually, all right, the car is not emitting any, uh, any carbon dioxide or monoxide, but uh, the, the energy sector is, and this is still increasing. So we actually just remove the emission from the car to the uh, power plants. But this is not the case with the hydrogen car. And because of that, the hydrogen uh, mobility is a much cleaner and more efficient uh, way of transportation. Back then, Germany, as the car nation in the world, I mean, we're talking about Volkswagen, BMW, Audi, uh, Daimler, Benz, Opel, and these these uh, car manufacturers and actually they own a lot of other brands as well you know for example volkswagen uh, owns porsche and um, volkswagen basically owns everything they they also own aston martin bugatti no they don't own aston martin but they own bentley bugatti and a bunch of other brands as well so um this is actually a huge group that is influencing the car industry with each and every move they make. And this means that Germany has a strategic place within that car industry, right? Because they have so many huge brands, they're exporting it to all countries, um, they're employing millions of people all around the world, all the brands combined. And what happened back then is there was um, Angela Merkel, the current Chancellor of Germany. She tried to campaign against everything Gerhard Schröder did back in the day. And then she picked up on the issue of hydrogen mobility. And just to be against Gerhard Schröder, she supported the electric vehicle uh, model of future mobility. And that was actually the starting point where this where this whole electric vehicle topic um, came from because then she won the election and obviously she, she could not return to the hydrogen thing and maybe she just like personally or in general the the, the party her party liked the um, electric vehicle model more than the hydrogen one it does not matter what happened then is that with the uh, with her winning winning the election the car manufacturers in Germany, they put their hydrogen uh, motor development on hold, turned slowly to electric vehicle uh, models or innovations kind of. And this also kind of very slowly developed because she was not yeah, pushing that much for the change in mobility like Gerhard Schröder did back in the days. So just because of a very minor election issue the whole course of the industry changed and right now we are just slowly picking up making the electric vehicle uh, popular um, globally also because of tesla and um, other companies that kind of lead the way even though hydrogen mobility is still much more effective and efficient than electric vehicles so we are already almost 20 years behind with the development of or like with the um, broad use of electric vehicles and we then still need to make the transition in let's say 40 50 60 years to hydrogen cars and we were already at this point at 2005 and this is also something that is happening in politics another point that plays into the argument of the industry influencing politics is the following. The United States and China for years were against any regulation that um, was yeah, on, on a global scale that was to uh, kind of promote environmental protection, right? And they also protected and shielded their industries from these kind of regulations. So 
uh, for most part, Chinese and American uh, companies were able to do whatever they want all over the world, basically, uh, because they were also legally protected. And actually, there was nothing changing. The reason for that is not because they are outright against uh, environmental protection, but the companies or the industries, they, were, weren't just, they, they, they just weren't ready for the structural change. And because they weren't ready for it, the, um, like politics, the, the, uh, the politicians and the political system within their respective countries, they got their back, right? They said, no, we don't need any regulations, you know. Um, and then the United States retire, retreated from the Paris Agreement and China didn't adhere to the um, goals of uh, carbon emission reduction, all sorts of things just to kind of gain time for the industries to kind of recollect themselves and innovate themselves and kind of uh, restructure themselves because they didn't want big companies to fail. And I mean, it's it's difficult to kind of uh, redirect uh, huge uh, sectors into a certain um, into a certain way that is more en environmental uh, friendly. Let's just think about uh, Exxon Mobil or Shell, BP. I mean, let, let's just think about these uh, companies. Let's think about General Motors. Let's think about Ford or the German car manufacturers. It does not matter. What about all the shipping companies in China, all the uh, production facilities, the factories that they have in China? I mean, these are whole sectors that need to be restructured. And the, the, the countries were not ready for it, the, the industries were not ready for it. So politics said, okay, we put these things on hold. But obviously, to the outside, they didn't communicate it in that way. Now, like yesterday on Earth Day, there was this climate summit. And all of a sudden, John Kerry, the special envoy of the United States, um, of, for, of the United States for climate change, He said, oh, no, we need to um, hold the companies responsible and they need to adhere to certain um, goals and need to reach, reach certain climate targets. And then the Chinese president also said, oh, we want to cut emissions uh, by, I don't know, 20% or 30%, whatever. It does not really matter because to me, these are just empty words. Because all of a the sudden, they feel that they are ready for the change uh, in the industries. And now they're trying to convince others, okay, we need to change all the stuff. And <laughs> this is, yeah, I mean, ethically, this is not correct. Right now, if you look into China or into, into the Chinese economy, there are a bunch of companies that are working on innovative stuff that is not burdening the environment. We, we talk about, for example, Xpeng and Neo and um, other car manufacturers that are solely concentrating on electric vehicles. Of course, the Chinese president is going to come to the climate summit and say, we need to have electric cars everywhere, right? Because he has three, four, five big companies that are producing extremely functional Uh, electric vehicles and now they are basically ready to take over the market and be competitors to tesla for example and now they are coming up with all these proposals how they can uh, make it a better world for example john john Kerry, he um he came up with the idea that um, financial institutions should uh, kind of come together under one umbrella and um, have concerted uh, action against climate change by adhering to certain investment um, principles that would not allow them to invest in certain companies and by that they are kind of through yeah focused financing of certain projects or certain companies um, in contrast to not financing other companies they should also influence how the industry is going to change Why are we doing this in 2021? I mean, we already know it since the 70s that these measures need to be taken, but it took them 50 years to kind of get in place and to 
really make uh, the most out of the um, fossil fuels and now they're saying okay well we can start the uh, the transition and this is the problem with politics and uh, or strong industries within within politics or influencing politics but there's also a big problem as i said with the population as we are not kind of uh, altering our behavior and consuming less so a bunch of stuff is going wrong within the field of environmental protection and even on earth day i'm not buying all these uh, these words and stuff obviously it's not a bad thing that they're starting to do it and I also believe that there are going to be efforts to reduce uh, or to meet certain targets and stuff. But all of this is not enough. And all of this is too late. And it, it is not radical enough. And it's also not aiming at the cause of the whole thing. As I said, the industries are not polluting the air because the CEOs sit there and say, oh, well, it looks so great how this... Uh, dark uh, smog is kind of polluting the air. This is not what they're doing there. They want to make money. And in order to do that, they need to produce goods. And instead of aiming the reduction of consumption, which, which, which would also harm the industry, the industries, just as the people don't want the, uh, the people to consume less. You know? So if people start to eat less meat the meat industry is going to come up to say and say to politics hey what are you doing there guys come on <laughs> what is this meat tax 200 percent we're not we're not going to do it and then they're trying to push or like um pressure the politicians to not take those measures even though it would be great but it's also in the interest of the people because they are not restricted in their consumption and it might sound like I'm kind of defending the politicians by saying that from both sides they're under pressure, but they are also winning because on the one side they give concessions to the industry, right? And the industry says, okay, then you can put the blame on us. And by framing the industry as the bad guys towards the people, they gain popularity from, from, their, uh, from their people and maybe win the next election, right? So there is kind of a triangle, or yeah, there's a, a triangle of or, or symbiosis among those three actors, right? With the environment being the one, yeah, destroyed and uh, kind of uh, paying the bill in the end. And this is actually, yeah, as I said, uh, there are currently obviously some some um, measures on the way and some developments that they try to sell us as being meaningful, which I don't buy, as I said, because we still have the problem of overfishing the seas. And I mean, I never heard any politician talk about it in a serious way and opening a serious debate uh on that and people just are not picking it up i mean yeah i mean maritime pollution all right so so be it what can i do and uh, people are not consuming less because of that they are not aware of how much their consumption is harming the environment politician is not picking up on it and industry well, they go with the flow whenever they are ready, as it is the case right now. So uh, there are a lot of things and a lot of relationships to consider when we are talking about environmental protection, when we talk about Earth Day. And I beg you, guys, please reflect on your personal place within that whole system because we are living organisms. We are part of this ecosystem. Come on. We are the ones who are doing this. It's not that people or rich people, CEOs within certain industries are bad people. You know, they, they are not born as bad people who want to destroy the planet. This is not the case. These are biologically the same people. 
but they also want to live convenient. They also want to have their own interests in the first place served. And this is what they are doing on a whole different level. And please don't just push all the responsibility to those people. Not they, because they are kind of um, innocent. The politicians as well, they are not innocent as well. It is all our fault, you know. As people, politicians and uh, economic actors. But each and every one of us, we need to reflect on our position within that and the only way and i mean there is no way around it even if we have all clean energy right all every solar panels everywhere and uh, offshore wind uh, generators uh, and off, uh, windmills offshore onshore it does not matter everywhere you know we have all clean energy even then we still need to consume less because then we have still deforestation right I mean, we have 3D printers, we are sending people to Mars and we are still writing on paper. Come on, guys. What the hell is this? Is there not, not a single person who could have invented something that uh, is uh, less harmful than, than, than paper? I mean, you cannot tell me that, that we still need to rely on paper. Cutting trees because we want to kind of make a list when we go ro grocery shopping. Wow, great. And then they come up, oh, oh, but we are recycling it. Yeah, we try to recycle it. In some countries it works and other countries it doesn't. And then people come up and say, no, we want to have white paper. I don't want to have this uh, gray, grayish paper. You know, I want to have white paper because they don't like to recycle paper. Uh, they don't like to use it. Like, what the hell? Guys, come on. As I said, the main thing is consumption. We need to consume way less, consume less water, less food. I mean, obesity is already a big problem. Less meat and fish, obviously. Consume, use less clothes. You know, don't buy clothes all the time, right? We need to at least cut it in half if we want to make a meaningful change. I mean, what do we need those things for anyways, right? I mean, it's more important to do the right thing. And I'm not saying that we should all live like bums, but we should really reflect on what is really necessary. And if we really want to leave this, this planet and the whole ecosystem in that way to our children and grandchildren, even though um, we are... It doesn't matter if you're young or old, you know, but in the end, you have to think about these kind of things, you know. And because of that, uh, we need to be kind of, we have to we have to lead by example. And we have to kind of increase the standards that we have towards ourselves as human beings, personally, and towards the society that we want to live in, you know. We can also think about it in that way. Um, I mean, 500 or 1,000 years later, do we really want to be portrayed like the generation of people who just don't give a fuck or people who actually did something, you know, and developed the whole uh, or turned the whole thing into a very positive um, environment for, or for the society to be in, you know? Or in other terms, do we want to be viewed like the ancient Greeks, right? Or medieval Europeans, where nothing actually happened for hundreds of years, you know? Today we are laughing at medieval uh, Europeans and saying, you know, look uh, how, how, how these dumb people lived for hundreds of years, you know, without any innovation, without any uh, change and getting forward. Just a bunch of kings, bunch of wars, and that's that. And today we are still thinking about uh, Socrates and uh, Plato and all the other great minds and saying, okay, oh, it was such a great time back in the day. You know, do we, do, does our generation or our time period, you know, uh, of the, like the beginning of the digital, uh, digital age, do we want to be remembered as something like the Greek, ancient Greeks or medieval Europeans? I mean, the answer is kind of clear 
And these are also uh, factors that play into our thinking that we need to reflect. And actually, we, in the end, it just comes down to that we need to change our behavior. We just need to consume less. That's, that's it. You know, that's the whole thing. I mean, I did a whole technical analysis starting from which factors are also playing into environmental destruction. I talked about politics, about how uh, politics is influenced by the industry and by the people and the triangle relationship um, among those three. But it all comes down to we just need to consume less. You know, all the climate summit, Paris Agreement, all bunch of bullshit. Just consume less. And that's the main message. And this goes out to all of us. There is no exception. We need to be more moderate in our consumption. And yeah, that's basically the main message or the result of the analysis that I just conducted. I hope you liked it. I hope you um, have some ideas and feedback about it. I would really appreciate it if you reach out to me. But I also would really appreciate if you uh, share it with your friends and family. And even more, I would appreciate if uh, appreciate it if you just say, okay, well, there might be some truth to that. I might think about it and uh, maybe make a change in your life. Maybe start uh, eating less meat or consuming less, being more aware. I mean, this is what Earth Day was for or is for each and every year to be aware of what we are doing and how we do it. So, as I said, I hope you liked it and that you tune in to another episode of Acido Podcast very soon. Take care of yourself and bye. Bye.